When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 11 to 1, Monday Motivation. Motivation. Yes, she's one of Ireland's greatest ever athletes, winning five championship medals, including being crowned world champion. And she holds national records for both the 60 and 100 metre hurdles. She spent many gruelling years competing at the highest level in world and European athletics and has the distinction of qualifying and competing at every major championship from 2002 to 2012. When she finally did retire in 2014, she indulged in another passion of hers and studied cooking at Dublin Cookery School and eventually wrote two best-selling cookbooks, Food for the Fast Lane and The Fit Foodie. Today, as well as having her hands full raising her two beautiful children, Daphne, who's four, and Archie, who's one, she's kept busy as a digital health and wellness entrepreneur running digitalhealthresource.com and her own lifestyle website, derval.ie, bringing healthy recipes, workouts, self-care tips and much more to her many members. I'm delighted to welcome the incredible Derval O'Rourke from Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Derval? I'm flying it. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is such a pleasure to have you. Absolutely. Uh, now, can we start at the beginning, I suppose, and uh, go back a bit? What is your earliest memory of running? Like, would you have ran all around the place as a child or where does it come from? I really distinctly remember being outside my parents' house on the green and just running, like racing other kids being really small and just remember racing other kids and trying to race all the boys in the park where I grew up. So I just remember that so well. And even this time of year when I smell grass being cut, it just makes me think of running because I like I grew up running on pitches and GA pitches and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's just grass and just being tiny and trying to race everybody. (laughs) And running like the clappers, no doubt, that is for sure. Uh, But when did you then, you know, start to take it seriously? Like, when did you start dreaming of Olympic glory? Interesting. I suppose when I was a kid, you know, I was pretty good at running and I was fast and I used to beat a lot of people. And then when I was kind of 14, 15, I started racing outside of Ireland and I realized really quickly, okay, there's loads of fast people outside of Ireland and I wasn't winning all the time. So when I came through being a teenager, I got a scholarship to UCD. And at the time, my focus was like split right down the middle between like trying to get my degree and trying to keep running. So it probably wasn't until I qualified for the Olympics in my final year of college. Um, And then I started realizing, okay, 
I need to probably start taking this quite seriously now. And it was kind of after my first Olympics, after the Athens Olympics, where I really knuckled down and started going, right, this is a bit of a job for me and this is something I could do pretty well. Absolutely. You know, dreaming of Olympic glory is easy. Training for Olympic glory, on the other hand, is absolutely brutal. Can you give me an idea of what life is like, you know, when you're getting ready for the Olympics, like say, you know, months beforehand? What is the training like? I imagine as well there's huge sacrifices to be made. It's interesting, you know, I always had other things in my life. So like my focus kind of from when I was 23, 24 till I was about 32 was to run as fast as I could run, try and win medals, try and break Irish records. But I was always doing something else off track. So even though like the training was really hard, but also like it was my job to train, which is a really nice job. So like I kind of say it was really hard, but I actually really enjoyed it. I think life now, like juggling the kids and work and trying to find time in the day to train, I actually find that much harder than I find training for the Olympics. Well, Is that d- mad? Yeah, no, and yes, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I think a lot of parents out there will be going, absolutely, I totally understand. Particularly now, you know, I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show that would, you know, miss those three precious hours in the morning when the kids are at daycare and they get to go out for a run or have some time to themselves. So I absolutely understand that, you know. Uh, but, you know, I read a lot of self-help book, books, Derville, like a lot of them, right? Uh, and a lot of what you'll find is, you know, things like uh, hard work and determination will help towards achieving your goals. But what also is crucial ingredient is a good, positive mindset. That's what's going to set you apart. And one of the things that I discovered about athletes in particular is that, yes, you have the training and all the rest of it, but you also run the race in your mind mentally, like visualising is, is a big part of it. Was that something that you took on board yourself? I'm trying to think. Um, because it's, it's awful. It feels like so long ago now because mm. the last time I ran a race, the proper race, 2013, um, and it was European indoors and it was a photo finish and I came fourth by 100th and then they upgraded it to third. Um, so I'm trying, I think I do a thing naturally. Maybe it comes from being an athlete where before I'm doing anything, so like, before it was a really big race or now it might be if I have to make a presentation or if I have to do something like say public speaking which I can find quite intimidating I make myself stop and I go through it in my head beforehand so yeah that probably does come from being an athlete where but it wasn't I wouldn't have had that at the start of my career it's something I had to practice and get better at where I go okay what are the steps to get to the end of it and that doesn't matter whether it's like a hundred meter hurdles race or whether it's you know going and making a presentation to a room full of people. I just, I make myself practice at first. And I do think that's a really important kind of training and coaching for a person. Oh, absolutely. And I'd say there's a lot of people out there going, thank God, Derville O'Rourke also gets nervous with public speaking. Oh, I hate this. Yeah, I have to be hard on that. People yeah. are always surprised at that because I do so much public stuff, but now yeah. I have to work really hard at it. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. But, you know, I watched an awful lot of your races last night on YouTube. There's so many of them, by the way, out there. And, uh, you know, if people want to look, look back over your career. And, you know, there's uh, what I always find fascinating as well, you know, when athletes getting ready there, they're, they're, they're high, they're, there's the high of anticipation when is that gun going to go off and your face is just like so serious concentration all of that like what is going through your mind before the gun is about to go off um for me I'm a real glass half full kind of person so when I was racing at the biggest races the most pressure world Europeans whatever Olympics I always viewed it as an opportunity so like before I stood in the start line I'd be like right 
if I'd been given this opportunity nine months ago to be standing in a major championship, I would have bit your hand off. Right now I'm here. So now I have to do everything I can do within these next few moments to walk off the track with my head held high. And that's how I used to approach it. And I kind of approach everything like that now. I'm like, okay, what's the opportunity in this? And how can I make this work? And like, I think if you look at things, if you flip things all the time that are difficult and look at them going, okay, well, what direction does this send me? And these are the cards I've been dealt. How do I play them? I think that's really important. And I was definitely like that as an athlete. Like when I was standing on the start and there was so much pressure, I used to think, I have such a chance here to do something and all you need is a chance. I love that. And it's a great uh, mindset to, as you say, adopt into all different aspects of your life. But, you know, can we go back? Because, you know, 2006, and I watched this on repeat. I really did last night. You so abs- I never watch any of them. Like, honestly, I don't. <laughs> you should. Like, I you should watch them. Recently and she refused. Oh, no, you should watch them. You should watch them. You, you really right. should. But in, you tore up the track in Moscow, like 7.84 seconds, was it? In, in a 60 yeah. metre hurdle. Like, I'd be still scratching my head in that time. Like, this is so speed but how do you feel in the moments afterwards like do you get a chance to bask even personally a little bit in this I remember really feeling confident that I would become world indoor champion which is mad because I had never been in a major final and I absolutely wasn't the favourite but I felt so good and I had such a positive approach to it and I remember afterwards just being it was almost like a bit of an out of body experience because I was going (laughs) I knew this would happen. Yeah, this is fine. I was doing a pretty relaxed celebration. And it's only, I think it's only in the years since and probably since I've retired. Like I have my medals in a coffee table in my house. I didn't have, I had them nowhere for years. They were like nearly in the stock drawer in my parents' house. And then a couple of years ago, I bought a a really cute coffee table and I put them into the coffee table. Actually, I bought it in Casey's because I think they're in Limerick as well. And um, I put them in there and I'm really glad I put them in there now. And like they're not showy, but sometimes people come over and they're like, oh my God, that's really cool. And I'm like, yeah, that's my world and their goals. So um, <laughs> that's, so good that's a nice thing for me now. Although then my kids like go over to the table and they just like smudge yogurt all over. Oh and yeah. They're going, oh my God, respect the medals, children. <laughs> you see, this is it. They bring your children, bring you right back down to, yeah. to reality. But you know, what about the times, you know, uh, Dervil, I know you touched on it there, being upgraded to bronze and you, you, you've skirted around a little bit there. But you know, the times when you've trained just as hard as you did before, but you miss out on medals that are rightfully yours. You know, and I know, uh, let's say, a certain Turk, uh, yeah. you know, took away your chances. Uh, I think twice, was it she did? Um, yeah. Wh- how does that feel? Like, how do you come back from those knocks when you've trained just just as hard and these people who are, you know, using illegal substances are getting there ahead of you? It's interesting because people get obsessed with um, performance enhancing drugs and, and people taking them. I genuinely never did. So I honestly wasn't obsessed with it because I knew I knew how I approached my athletics career. I knew I was clean and that I was literally could perform once or twice a year at a really high level. And no matter what that result was, if I pulled off a performance that was the best result for me, I was always going to be happy with it. You can't control what other people do. Mm. And like I genuinely, it genuinely never massively impacted me. And even now it doesn't really like, I suppose I would have been second at a European by two hundredths of a second. And then that who won a test of positive twice afterwards, I still never got that gold. But like, I consider that probably the greatest run of my life. And I don't think about 
the other people in the race, you know. So, yeah. But I also think that kind of flows over into all of our lives. So, like, at the moment, say what's going on mm. in life with coronavirus and with everything. There's so many things for people that have happened that's been so disappointing and so devastating, but you can't actually control it. So, like, what can you control? And then you just concentrate on that. And that's how I always have been. Like, I remember my coaches saying to me, like, there's eight lanes in a final. What's the only lane you can impact? And I'm like, my lane. And they're like, so you just worry about your own lane. You stay in your own lane. You worry about that. You can't control it. Anybody else does. That is a great piece of advice to absolutely apply to to all aspects of life. But, you know, when you decided to retire in 2014, you know, I'm sure you felt a little bit adrift initially, or did you? Was there always a plan in place there? For me, um, any... I had such a long career and that's really unusual to get that kind of longevity as a sprinter. Like I had about 12 years. And mm. so when I retired, I was ready to go. I knew I didn't want to go on to Rio. Um, I, and I was so excited about doing other things. You know, I'd gone to cookery school. I was really, really embracing like all the different aspects of healthy lifestyle and talking to loads of experts and trying to come up with different ways to share that with people who were engaged with me. So when I first retired, honestly, it felt like a bit of a weight off my shoulders because I had a lot of pressure on me for a long period of time to deliver medals. Yeah. And that's a lot. And kind of, I had delivered as many as I could. I'd had major Achilles surgery. Like I was ready to go. I was ready to walk away. And I felt like the other stuff I could walk into was quite exciting. And since I've retired, like I've never regretted it or never really wanted to go back. I've always been really happy, whether that was the first two cookbooks, now with Derville.ie, like, I've grown such a brilliant business with Derville.ie, but it's a business that like delivers really good results, healthy lifestyle results for people. So for me, the satisfaction in that is pretty much as big as when I was running and it's just a totally different type of work. Oh, and, you know, as you bring up Derville.ie as well, you know, I've been perusing the website there over the weekend. And what I love about this website, uh, which is just a little over one year old now at this stage, you're just as passionate about ensuring that we have healthy minds as well as healthy bodies. So good mental health is very important to you as well. And you have a lot of self-care tips in there, too. Yeah, we're doing a summer strong challenge, like home challenge at the moment. And it's four weeks long. And there's like a self-care tip every day for those four weeks, because I think it's about putting the pieces together. It's about moving your body, but also taking care of your mind at the same time and then nourishing yourself with good food. Um, but also giving yourself a little bit of a break and not beating yourself up about things. I think it's all about trying to feel your best and not feel guilty about doing things and just enjoying yourself and just trying to get, you know, your best results for your life. And there's no point in comparing yourself to anybody else because we're all so entirely different. Everybody's lives are different day to day and I think just trying to do what you can do for yourself is very important. Oh, absolutely it is. And I know like a lot of people might have seen over the weekend, um, you know, the, there was an article that you that picked up on an Instagram post from yourself. And I know we chatted about this off the air as well, Derville, but, um, you know, you, you, you finding parenting, you know, difficult during the lockdown, counting the minutes to bedtime, that kind of thing. You know, let me just tell you, we're all counting the minutes to bedtime, particularly <laughs> right now as well. But do you feel that it's important to put that out there to kind of say to people, listen, you know, I'm finding it t- tough too. Like, I'm not this untouchable person, you know? Yeah, no, I find it really tough to juggle. And for me, that's why kind of encouraging myself and then encouraging everybody else to take time out every day that's just you so like my home workouts they're 25 minutes long generally well we actually have five minute pilates and so anything oh, nice. five minutes to 25 minutes and i think that time is really crucial because 
we put ourselves so far down in our own to-do list. And I think bringing yourself back onto your to-do list, you're just better for everybody else as well. And as soon as this all kicked off, I found trying to juggle everything, like that was the first thing that went. And then I was like, okay, I need to actually remind myself why I need to take care of myself. So that's why I've been doing these challenges with everybody on the site. Mm. And we've like we've over 4,000 people now doing all these challenges. <laughs> and it's been brilliant. But I think... I think it's just so important to remember that you don't try not to get lost in mm. everything that's going on at the moment and to try to kind of surround yourself with some positive influences. And that's definitely like I have this private members group and it's just so busy every day with people. Say, some people are saying they're having hard days and people are picking them up saying, you know what, dust yourself off tomorrow's another day. And some people are having great days. So I think just supporting each other and definitely taking that time for yourself is essential. Oh, it absolutely is. So, you know, just to finish off, Derville, you know, normally for Monday Motivation, I ask people like, you know, yourself who are living their best lives, you know, you have a very specific morning routine. Now, is morning routine out the window now with children or do you do, do you get a little bit of uh, time to yourself to kickstart the day? My morning definitely starts a little bit chaotic with the kids, but there's always coffee. So, um, I do two things every morning. So my husband always gets me a cup of coffee and the kids are like in top of me in the bed. And then he says to me every day, or I say to him, when are you going to do exercise today? And we decide between us at what point in the day we're going to carve out some time to exercise. And we just do that every day. And actually, it really, really helps us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it's it's good that you're like teamwork with it, with it as well. It's so, so important. Absolutely. Well, listen, Derville, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you on the show. Thank you so, so much for taking the time out and for joining us. And the best of luck with Derville.ie. I hope it only goes from strength to strength for you. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 